nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to uh, San Antonio Soccer High School uh, Roundtable here. Uh, joining me tonight is Rafa. How are you? Pretty good. Live here from Laredo, Texas. <laughs> here for all my recruitment trips. You finding any uh, secret stars down there for uh, UH Victoria? or uh, A couple of couple Alexander players. We'll see if they, <laughs> they want to play for us. <laughs> Uh, and also joining us is uh, Coach O'Gorman uh, with uh, John Paul, uh, the second, uh, the Guardians here, who last year uh, finished uh, in the TAPS D3 uh, as a championship game as the runner-up. And the reason why we didn't bring them on, uh, number one, uh, hopefully with a successful uh, week of uh, game action, they'll be the first San Antonio team with 20 wins. And second of all, uh, next week, the playoffs start. So February 26th, they'll host um, to be determined as of, as of right now. There may be a play-in game uh, before uh, the first match uh, next Saturday here. Uh, but Coach uh, O'Gorman, uh, thank you for joining us. And I understand that you have two players, uh, Madeline and Emily, with you here. And uh, we'll let Rafa get started and uh, you know, we'll let him introduce the players. Or if you want to introduce the players here and... Uh, highlight who's your favorite uh we'll, we'll definitely uh you know add, add to that thanks very much for for having us on we're uh, you know, always happy to talk about the school always happy to talk about the program uh just in terms of favorites i don't have any favorites they're all my <laughs> and they certainly know that so uh, we have madeline Seebeck, who's with us who is our captain she's a junior she's been named first team all state for the past two years that she's played uh, really the engine of our team gets on the ball and drives forward she's the same player she is in the 80th minute as she is in the first minute she's a, a bundle of energy and then on my right hand side we have emily rompel who is our senior striker um, she's committed to the university of texas at tyler to go up next year um, and a really vital part of our team she scores a lot of goals her junior year, she got 56 goals, um, and she's also the leading scorer in JP2 history. I think she's got over 140 goals in her career. Scoring, scoring all those goals, you got to be the favorite, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I guess we can, we can, we can start um, so As far as your, your background with, you know, with soccer, like, you know, what age did you start when when you started playing? Um, what what attracted you also to the, to the sport as well? I started playing when I was three, playing rec. Um, I started because of my brother. I did everything he did when I was younger, and um, he played soccer, so I played soccer, and I just <laughs> fell in love with it. And now 
he doesn't play, but now he's one of my biggest supporters. <laughs> Is it because you got better than he was? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Madeline, how about you? What age did you start as far as playing? And playing since I was little, too. Three or four. Um, I started uh, because my entire family is uh, has been a soccer family, and I started in Germany, actually, because um, that's when I was uh, – we were there because my dad's in the military um, when I was three to four years old. So. so I'm sure you saw a lot of competition over there in, in Germany. Well, <laughs> when I was three, probably not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I have friends over there. They, they start them young over there. So yeah. I know the little the future bar in Munich and, <laughs> and the Dortmund players. Uh, going into this season, what, what goals did you guys have going into this season? For twenty, I know you guys came a game short. You know what? 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 What was the focus on for this season? Um, well, it's really just to get to that state final again, redeem ourselves, redeem ourselves, hopefully. And um, this year, we just wanted to have fun as a team. Also, um, last year was just hard overall with COVID and everything. We just wanted to get back out there, have fun together, and try our best and do what we can. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna go into. We're going to go into every game like it's our last, and we're going to um, uh, do our job every game and score and hopefully win. <laughs> and, and, and being captain of the team, like how, how do you, as far as organization of the, you know, be, taking that leadership role, how do, how do you feel about, you know, having that, you know, you know, working with the other players and so forth? Yeah, well, it's actually, it's really easy being a captain on our team because even, uh, no matter what position you play, everybody wants to help out and everybody has this sort of drive, which is amazing. And so being a leader on our team, really, it's just about directing it. It's just about like when we're down in a game or when we're having a slump, like bringing us out of it and everything. So it's honestly, it's easy being a captain on our team just because we all have a great bond. Well, one thing that Coach uh, uh, sent to it, me, and I want to make sure I highlight because uh, it, it was something that I could never reach here uh, with Madeline. Uh, you got a 1560 on your SAT, so uh, congratulations. Um, Thank you. I don't know how you did that, but uh, <laughs> any thoughts? I know I know you're a junior, but any any schools you're looking at as of yet, or are you still kind of early in the process? Yeah, I've been looking at a lot of schools, but really I – um, I'm keeping my options open and I'm not, I haven't committed to anything and I'm still experimenting. I don't even really know if I want to go in state or out of state yet. So I still have a lot of decisions to make. Yes. <laughs> but it's outstanding. You know, like I said here, your coach, uh, uh, submitted that to us. And I wanted to make sure that we did get it. Cause that is, that's outstanding. You know, like I said here, I won't tell you what my uh, SAT score was, uh, many, many years ago, but it was not that high. <laughs> What are you guys thinking of pursuing as far as studying? Like, for once you get to the college level, have you guys thought and thought about that? Like, well, I'm going with business for now, but I'm not totally sure, even though it's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've um, I've never really been set, but I definitely want to go into uh, STEM, of course, and I want to either pursue engineering or medical school. I know those are pretty different, but I believe they take the same amount of like 
the same uh, mind, the, the way your mind works, works mm-hmm. for both. So I, I feel I would um, excel in both of those. And how do you think that playing high school um, sports, you know, soccer, I'm not sure if you guys play other, uh, other sports here. How do you think that's kind of prepared you um, to take that next step? You know, I, I wrestled and, and, and played, you know, football many, many, many years ago. And it, you know, just learning, learning that team building skill, learning to work with others, I think kind of led me on a good path. And, and, you know, I, I went the military route like like your family has. Um, but your thoughts on kind of, you know, the role that, you know, just in general high school sports plays and kind of helps shaping um, young athletes like yourself today uh, to take that next step, uh, you know, as you prepare for college and the next step of life. Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, especially at our high school, it's such a small high school, so we're able to participate in a lot of sports. And so I've seen it from a lot of different perspectives. And I would say high school sports are amazing. They're, you get to know your classmates better. You get to form bonds. You get to try new sports like um, cross country. I tried it my freshman year, um, track, tennis. And just there's a lot of like, there's a lot of variety and you make a lot of friendships mm-hmm. and you learn how to, um, you really learn how to fight for something, you know, especially in our soccer season, uh, having such a goal, even for, especially for the new players, having a goal like that is something you really can't find outside of sports. Yeah. Uh, the sports at our school, really important to get into. Like you just make a lot of friends. I mean, you don't have to play a sport, but um, I've made some of my best friends playing sports and I've got to know Maddie a lot better. It's amazing guys amazing yeah. <laughs> and um like i played tennis too i got really close with another friend like and we went to the state championship too for that or state tournament so it's just like playing sports at this school is really fun how, how's it different playing with your for your high school team to your club teams like what's what's the big difference out of that i would say I would say the solidarity, like the solidarity on our high school team. Since we go to school every day with each other, we are able to. We're so much closer than on my club team. And on my club team, we we play at a higher level, obviously. But um, it's not. It's not like we have that kind of cohesiveness that we have at school. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, me and Maddie actually play against each other in clubs. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, like I felt her in one of our games. So I felt so bad. I stopped. I like picked her up. I'm like Maddie. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it, it took like me my first year getting a little used to. Like took me a second um, transitioning from the club yeah. to school. But I really like playing school and having practice every day, and just like yeah, with our bond, we're together every day in school at practice, going to games on the bus. It's just it's really fun. <laughs> is there is there a big difference like with your you know with Coach Gorman and then the coaching staff from your club teams? Is there like a big difference or similarities or as far as the system or the way they run practices? Well, I would say I mean Coach Gorman is Irish, obviously, and from my club we have a lot of um, English coaches, mm-hmm. and so I know that having a foreign coach, it they have a different kind of style, so 
the fact that they're both from Europe, they kind of play more creatively. So I would say practice sessions are similar, mm-hmm. but he does have to target more towards um, beginning beginner players since we have mm-hmm. such, uh, you know, people who haven't really played soccer before. So yes, it's uh, it's more based on fundamentals, I would feel, than yeah. club. And then also like we get to practice with him for five days a week, yeah. um, which at my club, we don't get that much time with our coach. So it's really nice. Um, practice that much with him and be able to do some different things that you normally wouldn't be able to do yeah work have on a different stuff yeah how's the the campus community as far as embracing your team you know how's the support there you know how do you do they pack the stands there or they're really you know, like i say hey yeah we're, we're ready to go we want, want them to win state again um yeah oh yeah um a lot of people are really supportive and really want us to go and win state again and they're just they're excited to see us get there um boys team's a little jealous (laughs) (laughs) but um uh yeah everyone just they want to see us get there and they want to see us um do our best and have fun along the way and hopefully redeem ourselves because they were all there last year and they saw us go through it so yeah they will they all know we have something to prove and um I would say a lot of our teams don't go to state since we're such a small, I mean, go to state, but don't have like the same chances as we do. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say that having this opportunity is exciting for the whole school. I mean, like they are all rooting behind us and they know we have a chance and they want us to do the best that we can. Who's that, who's that one team that you're really looking forward to playing in the playoffs that you want, you want? Do you want the, Rafa is trying to ask, do you want the rematch? Oh, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, they played, like, I know last year. Because we, we were the rematch for them. We were the rematch. rematch. And so we want to get it again. So we, we would have two out of three. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like Canelo versus Triple G part three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they came out playing amazingly. And, like, they played their game in the state final, and we didn't come out and play ours. Mm-hmm. And so we know what we need to improve, and this time it's going to be different. Are, are there any other teams you may like that could, you know, maybe be like a little threat or maybe that bump in the road that you're in, in the playoffs that could could contend as far as this this coming season? Um, Cypress Christian was who we played in the semifinal last year, and they were a good team. They um they gave us some trouble, mm-hmm. and that's on <laughs> So um, excited to play them again if it comes to that. Yeah, and I mean every team like you have an hour and thirty minutes. Every game is an hour and thirty minutes that anything could happen. So we know that it. We really, as much as we need to focus on the what we need to exploit from the other team during the game, we also just every game need to focus on doing everything right individually and as a team. And we know that if we do that, we'll have a chance against any team we play up, come up against in playoffs. So before we get to uh, coach O'Gorman, you know, I just want to say, I know you guys got one more game um, to reach one of your first goals, which is to uh, finish the season undefeated uh, the regular season here. So uh, from all of us, uh, you know, I want to wish you luck on, on your final game here and, and for a deep, deep run into the playoffs. We'll, we'll definitely be rooting for you. Um, in following you guys for that here. Any final thoughts uh, that, you know, you'd like to 
uh, say to, you know, young girls that are maybe, you know, three, four, five, six, uh, you know, that are kind of starting out playing soccer, any final thoughts or tips that, that you want to provide to, uh, you know, young ladies that are starting, uh, you know, not only just soccer, but just, you know, playing sports and, and being active along those lines, or maybe more, you know, I know you mentioned the STEM program, um, more academic wise, any final thoughts that either, either one of you young ladies uh, want to say? Yeah, I would, um, I would definitely say whatever you do, you have to be determined in it. So, I mean, if you want to pursue STEM, uh, you know that there's going to, it's going to be a lot of hard work and, but anything that you, um, set your mind to, you need to put in a lot of effort and whether it is sports or soccer, it's so much fun. The effort pays off. Yeah. It's a beautiful game. So I recommend soccer. Um, I just recommend finding something that you love and um, that might take a couple of sports, you know, like I I used to play tennis before I played soccer and I thought I was going to play tennis and um, just be open to change and finding what you love because it might take a little bit, but once you do it, it's worth it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate it. Like I said, the great job you guys have done all season and we wish you the best and hopefully you do bring back that state championship back back to the san antonio area so we'll, yes. we'll be cheering we'll be we'll be behind you and cheering for you for that thank you so thank much you. thank you emily and madeline uh-huh. right. now coach gets to sit in the hot seat here <laughs> <laughs> you know, two two great role models for uh, you know, our community and, you know, the New Braunfels and the short Selma-Sibilo area as well. Um, I remember uh, we were on the road to one of the games and I look over and, and Maddie has, you know, is doing some homework on the way to one of our district games. And that's the type of, of, of player that she is, this type of uh, academic she is. And then Emily is, you know, a phenomenal player. Um, and some of the goals she scored, I, I told her on her signing day, just make you go, wow. Um, you know, a player that scores... Her first goal in the state final two years ago was with her left foot from about 35 yards into the top corner. Um, so, uh, you know, two great players, but as people also uh, two great representatives of our school. Coach, do you really uh, focus a lot on the, on the character of your player, like the character with players, like I said, also with academics? How, how much did you stress on, on that? The, the academics were a college prep, um, so the academics is, is vital. Um, you know, we use athletics as a way to form our kids because if you think about some of the biggest role models in the kids' lives is going to be their coaches. Um, so if we can be good role models, if we can be good representatives for them, hopefully they pick up on that. Um, in terms of our school, it's been fantastic with the support that we've gotten from our deputy director, Coach Blackman, and also from our principal, Mr. Adif, have been really supportive of everything that we've needed, we, we've gotten. And then I think you make a key point on there because, you know, I graduated high school early 90s. <laughs> so, but I still remember coaches from that time that had that significant impact um, that helped put me back on the right path, uh, both, you know, uh, grade wise, as well as, you know, life wise, um, you know, for that here. So it's, to me, that that is such a great point to where, you know, 
you know, I still, you know, remember Coach Rice and Coach Sawyer that helped shaped me. You know, I'm, you know, be turning 50 this year, but I still remember them as probably one of the best, best relationships that I had, you know, early in life there was, was with, was with my high school coaches. So that is such a great point. And, you know, to me, that's why I feel it's important, you know, not only for young ladies, but for young, for young men as well to do something beyond just the normal school classes, whether it's, you know, athletics or, you know, drama, art, you know, anything along those lines, because you get so much more out of, out of school other than just, you know, hey, I'm showing up for classes one through eight right. um, and, and doing the schoolwork for that here. But, you know, great point. And it's it's nice that the, you know, both of the girls mentioned as well. You know, we see them every day. We see them Monday to Friday. Um, and that allows you to really get to know your players better. You know, we are practicing two days a week. Um, you know, they don't show up for one. It might be a week by the time you see them again. Um, but here every day, um, and we're seeing them in the corridor and they're seeing each other and it really helps make us a cohesive unit. Um, you know, uh, I probably have as more, more fun at practice than the girls. You know, we were doing a shooting drill today and I got involved in a little bit. Um, so it's good. It's good that way. But uh, again, we've got very, very, uh, a lot of very, very good players here at this school. Coach, what, what is your philosophy as far as with coaching, like your approach with this team? You know, you know when when you took over the program, you know what 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 was some goals, the philosophy so far as far as going with with, with, GP, with GP two there? We wanted to make them really think about the game. Um, you know, I'm not a coach who is going to joy stick and tell the player kick the ball here, run here, do this, do that in the game. Um, I think that's what practice is for. Um, so we really allow the players to make their own decisions once they step over that white line. Yes, we're going to give them some tactical information and say, hey, maybe you could have played the ball inside instead of outside. But they're the ones who make the decisions. And you've got to allow them to make those decisions and make those mistakes in practice. Um, you know, if you're hard on them in practice about making mistakes, I think they go into their shell a little bit. Um, and they don't try those creative things. And like Maddie said, we try and play football. Uh, I've got to watch them play football. I don't want to see them lump the ball for 80 minutes every single day. I want us to get it down and play um, and express ourselves. Um, so in terms of creativity, can you get on the ball? Can you make something happen? Can everyone want the ball? Can everyone be comfortable with the ball? Um, but can everyone make good decisions? Um, can everyone keep us compact? Um, and then game management is, a, is another thing that we've brought in. You know, we get up in a game. Can we see the game out? You know, we don't want to see players when we're one up sprinting after a ball and getting on and getting the ball started straight away. We want to make ourselves very, very hard to beat and organized. What, what's what's a typical practice for you guys, you know, as far as, you know, maybe because there's a fresh uh, incoming freshman coming in, maybe into your program. Uh, you know, what, what are the things you like to focus on on your practices? So first, first 10 minutes of practice is probably going to be open and free time for the players to just get on a ball and work on what they need to work on. Um, for example, we've got two wingers who are working on crossing the ball. So for the first 10 minutes of practice, it's just get on a ball and get you know, 20, 25, 30 crosses into the box. For a center midfield player, it might be switching the ball. Um, and I also like that because it gives me a chance to you know, see how the players are before practice starts. You know, is there someone who looks tired? Is there someone who needs me to have a conversation with them? After that, we go into our warm-up, which is structured, which is about five to 10 minutes. 
and then really just depends on what we're trying to achieve that day. There's going to be some kind of a technical practice, whether that's a small-sided, uh, you know, possession drill. Um, and then we might split the defenders and the attackers to really focus on kind of individual work. And we'll always finish with a game. For me, I like the games to be smaller. Um, so we rarely play full-sided because we want everyone to be comfortable in tight areas and comfortable getting on the ball and shooting. Um, again, we want competitors, we want players who are going to want to win. And in those small-sided games, if you incentivize it enough, the players will really work hard. And uh, We like playing those small-sided games because you know straight away, hey, if the other team scores, you're off. So we're trying to teach that winning mentality at the school. As far as, um, you know, when, you know, we not a lot of focus has been on TAPS. What do you see as far as the comparison between TAPS soccer and UIL soccer with the public schools? You know, what, what, what you know, do you see any similarities or a lot of differences? Um, there, there's a lot of similarities. And um, I think there's a lot of good teams in TAPS. Um, you know, we've played... I think we've played six six A schools in, in UIL or five A schools, and we've beaten them all. Um, so certainly with TAPS, you get a lot of good teams in there. Um, we're blessed with the team that we have. I know at the five A and six A level, there's also some very good teams. So I see some similarities that way. Um, the only difference is that we start our season a little bit sooner. So when we get to play them, we're already up and running and they're coming into kind of preseason games. But uh, we played Davenport the other night, um, who are a local school here to us. And we were 4-0 up uh, with about 65, 70 minutes on the clock. Um, so again, we like to challenge ourselves. We like to play up in competition. But certainly there's a lot of good teams in TAPS. And certainly I would recommend going to watch some of these games and seeing how competitive it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was recently, like, like I said, last week I was in Ron Rock and I went to see St. Mary's Hall versus... Hyde Park, and that was a very competitive game. Uh, they actually ended up tied six to six, so lots, lots of goals, and then they ended up going to penalty kicks. So, like I said, those are very exciting games. But I can, I can do see the competitiveness. There's a lot of great teams in the TAPS level, and like, I know a lot of them don't get the coverage so much. But I know we're trying to change that. You know, you know, start relationships with you and Coach Cano, and, and I guess there are some exciting games. But there's also a lot of great talent in TAPS too, as well. And like as I mentioned, like. What, um, getting the, you know the scholarship going to UT Tyler and all that, and hopefully we'll see more of that in the future. Yeah, and you know we've played you know St. Thomas Episcopal from uh, Houston two years ago. They had three kids who were going Division One, um, so certainly the talent is there. Um, I think often you think of a private league, you think you know that's not really competitive, um, but I think. When we've played them this year, we've shown that we can compete with the 6A and 5A schools in San Antonio. Um, you know, we were at the Northeast Showcase. We won all of our games there. Mm -hmm. We went to the Harlandale ISD tournament. We won all of our games there. Um, so we enjoy playing the public schools. We enjoy showing them, hey, we're just as good as you and we can compete. So, uh, you know, my question to you, and, and I know we didn't exactly help you out with this, uh, with the conversation earlier with, with uh, Emily and Madeline. As a coach, obviously, you have a great history in the playoffs. So, you know, much success going for it here with you know back-to-back -back, uh, championship games. You know, you know, one-on-one -on -one in the final. How do you kind of manage the expectations? You know, in the early rounds till, till you get to those later rounds uh, for that here. Well, that's a, an interesting point. Uh, we actually had a team meeting today. Something we do, we try to do every Wednesday, um, and really talk about you know where we are or where we need to go. 
Um, we've got to take one game at a time. Uh, you know, Maddie, who's our captain, spoke and she said, you've got to earn the right to play your football. You've got to earn the right to win. You know, nobody's going to say to us when we show up, here you go, here's a victory. Um, every team is going to give us their best shot. So we've got to take one game at a time. You know, I think oftentimes the mistake is you look so far ahead and then you get caught in a game that you should win. We've got to give the teams the respect that they deserve. Um, I know certainly when we first went into the playoffs my first year, if somebody was looking at us, they'd say, you know, it's probably a game that we're going to win five or six nil. They didn't realize what we had and we won games because we were scrappy and we were good footballers. Um, I think the biggest mistake we can make this year is to take for granted a team that we might have beaten last year or the year before while looking at the state championship game or the state semi-final game. Um, so one game at a time is, is, is very, very important for us. We've got to do our homework. We've got to treat it like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's every game is the big game because every game at this level could be your last game. And Steve Sanchez asked a question, and thank you for the question here. Who are some of your role models? And it doesn't necessarily have to be soccer related. Um, I, I'm very blessed. Uh, I've had a lot of good role models in my life. Um, my dad and my family, big role models on me. Uh, you know, again, teaching me to be have a good character, teaching me to be a leader. Um, you know, again, in terms of football, Shane Keegan is a big one. He was the head coach at uh, Wexford Utes in Ireland and also Galway United. Fantastic coach. He's got his pro license. Um, and then just in terms of football, um, I, I liked Arsene Wenger. He's got a good mentality. I like the way he tried to change things, come in, play football. Um, he would be he would be a big role model for me. Certainly someone that I try to model some of the things. <laughs> um, and then we actually listened to a Jim Valvano speech today at the start of our team meeting. So mm. certainly as a coach to... Uh, look up to him and Arsene Wenger is, is, is what I aspire to. And you mentioned earlier about the realignment. Um, what do you think about the realignment going into next year? Like what the teams are going to face? Uh, how do you see expectations for next year? Uh, we look forward to it. We, we embrace the new teams and the new challenges. The girls are excited because we get to go to Corpus Christi a couple of times. So I know they're looking forward to that one. <laughs> go to the beach. Yeah, go to the beach and, and do that one. But again, it's going to be good competition for us. Um, you know, we have Geneva, Geneva School of Bernie who are coming back into our district, who we played our freshman year. We beat them twice. That's always a good game for us. We've got uh, JP2 Corpus Christi um, and I believe JP2 Incarnate Ward and Brentwood. So certainly we're going to have to earn the right to play football in those games again. Your final question, because uh, we said we'd keep it around a half hour. We're at about a half hour here, Rafa. So your final question for Coach? Um, and it, I guess the final question is, um, you know, what what do you look forward as far as, like, what do you, how, how do you see this playoffs going for you guys this, you know, coming up? How, 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 what's, <laughs> One game at a time. He already said. I'll tell you on March 9th how, how I see the playoffs going the day after the state final. But... You know, you can you can merit success as a coach on, on wins and losses. Um, you know, in my in my three years, this is my third season, we're, we're fifty and five. We've won a state championship. We went to the state game last year. If we win tomorrow night on senior night, that'll be three years. We've won district undefeated. Um, so, in terms of the goals for the season, it's to try and make the girls better. Um, it's to try and make sure that they're doing everything they can do to be in a position to go and win a state championship. Um, I would like to say that we have a good chance of winning states, but again, it's got to be one game at a time. We can't, 
you know, I can't come on here and say we're definitely going to win <laughs> because because you know somebody will record it. <laughs> well, uh, it's going to be bulletin board material. They're going to say, "Hey, look what the coach from John Paul II said." Come um, on, Rafa. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong being confident. <laughs> no, we're we're going to take one game at a time, and you know, and it's it's, it's God's will for us to go that far and win games of football. That's it. Um, you know, if we play our best and we give our best effort and we leave everything out in the field uh, and leave the cards lay where they lie, I'll be happy with that. So, Coach, I do want to thank you for coming on. Like I said here, I told you we'd try to keep it, you know, to a half hour. I thought it was a great conversation, and um, especially with uh, Emily and Madeline, like I said here, uh, you know, you can just see what the role models uh, that they are uh, for that here. So I do want to appreciate your time uh, this evening and, and, and bringing on uh, the young ladies and, uh, you know, from all of us, you know, at, at SA Soccer Roundtable here, uh, wish you much luck, uh, you know, you know, both for the girls and then obviously I think the boys are still – uh, going to be in the playoff hunt as right. well here, if if, right. if I remember my standings correctly here. So Boys wish both of you, uh, wish both of you luck. Right now. So uh, depending <laughs> on how they went, it could be it could be a good one. But just want to thank both of you for you know having us on for highlighting tap soccer and for highlighting our school as well. And certainly we're uh, we're eagerly anticipating the next power rankings in in San Antonio. <laughs> so we're hoping that we've climbed a couple of uh, places since the last one. Well, we'll also be doing that, and then we'll also uh, – I don't, I don't know if you followed us last year, but we did a uh, uh, a bracketology of the UIL playoffs. Uh, so I think next year, since uh, the, the TAP starts, we're going to uh, do that for TAPs as well. It's a little bit easier because it's, you know, not as, as big. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you very much for, for having us on. And I know the guards were excited to come on and – um, really thank you for for highlighting our program and, and, and tap soccer appreciate it coach thank you very much and that was coach o'gorman uh from uh, jp2 uh john paul to the guardians uh, out in shirts um outside of rafa trying to get the coach in trouble i, I thought it was a great interview <laughs> come on you're a coach you know rafa you're... Hey, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta have that the Jose Mourinho, you know, <laughs> I want to win. <laughs> no, but he's, he's like I said, he's done a great job there, GP uh, GP two, and you know, I I think for me, I think they have uh, they're going to be the favorite probably to win it again. And I'm, I'm just talking to the girls; they're really focused and mm-hmm. they're on a mission to kind of redeem themselves from last year's disappointment. So I think you got that I, feeling of Lee, like when we interviewed Lee last year, yeah. you could kind of see that. They were happy with the success that they had, but the you know m- missing that title uh, mm-hmm. and and losing in the manner that they did, um, there's still some unfinished business this year. So moving on, uh, as we have already said here, the um, the. Uh, Power 15, Rafa Powers 15 will, will appear next week uh, for that here because we like to do it every couple of weeks. Uh, that way you get kind of a good gauge on here. Um, with TAPS uh, ending up uh, this week as far as the regular season, um, we will uh, go over the uh, TAPS playoffs next year, uh, next week for that here. Uh, but where we stand right now, uh, looking at the boys, um, what can you say about Central Catholic? Uh, before district, uh, they were not doing very well, it, it appeared. 
Um, and this is, of course, per rank1sport.com. Uh, they've took control of the district uh, or Divi uh, division one, district three boys, uh, five and zero, and Antonio and San Antonio uh, Christian. Unfortunately, have kind of struggled here. Your, your kind of thoughts on on you know the you know uh, division one, uh, the district three. I, I honestly thought you know that you know Antonio would kind of maybe have that breakthrough. And finally get over the hump and and knock off Central Catholic. But I mean, you got to give Central Catholic props. You know, they were kind of pretty much like a like a you know a sinking ship. But you know, from those early losses. But I think those early losses really toughened them up, and they made a real resurgence in in the district in the district games. I think they may, like I said, if, if the other Taps teams in, in, the, in the playoffs may not want to play Central Catholic. I think Central Catholic's peaking at the right time. And I think that now everything's kind of coming to, you know, together. You know, the, all, the, all the I's and the T's are being crossed and everything's going to be, you know, for them. So they're going to be a very dangerous team going into the playoffs. And, you know, who's to say they maybe get some revenge on the team that they lost last year. So mm -hmm. don't count them out. You know, the the record may fool some teams, but, you know, that district record, there's, like I said, it's, you know, it's shown that they've really been resilient and have had bounced back. Because, like I said, I did get to see them play uh, back in December against Southwest, and they took a pounding from Southwest. You know, and Southwest is one of the top teams in the city and also in the, in the state. But you got to give it to the buttons on, on making that you know that you know coming back from that adversity and and winning and winning the district. And I'll say, don't sleep on Antonio as well, because mm -hmm. uh, come the playoffs, you know it's a one on one get you know one on one you know there's there's no tomorrow. Uh, from my understanding, they have talent. It, it just it might be that just that mental mentally being able to get over get you know get over get over that hump to be able to beat them, but. Uh, you know, we'll have to see how far that you know the three teams go through, and, and Saint Dominic Savio, uh, like I said, here's uh, done fairly, you know, better better in, in district as well, showing that uh, they've got some quality as well. Moving to uh, Division Two, District Three boys, uh, you know, Saint Michael's and Regents, uh, both one and two. Uh, TMI uh, Saint Mary's is is fifth, which is still in a playoff spot for this uh, for this district here. Um, and then, you know, St. Catholic, Hyde Park, and, and Geneva School of, of Bernie, unfortunately, has had a rough year. Uh, but it does look like St. Mary's is going to uh, get into the playoffs here uh, for that here. And uh, so, like I said, here, that'll be something that we can look forward to uh, next week uh, to kind of see where they play. Most likely, they will pl play in the by district, which is kind of a play into the uh, area. Um, most likely, they will face off uh, next week. So, uh, and TMI, like I said, they're, since they've won the defending champs, you know, I know that's a little off here for them. You know, will they be able to bounce back and, and, and retain that state title that they've had the last two years? So, you know, so don't count TMI now because TMI, they still have that experience, you know, you know, winning back-to-back -back titles. So I, I, think they'll, I think they'll do some damage in the playoffs. I'm just trying to see where they would be. District three. Um, da, 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 da. Three, two. 
Three. Yeah, so yeah, they would be on this. They would be on the other side of the bracket. Probably basis some games too, so like I said, so they'll have like a total of fourteen district games. So I know they're they've only played ten, so they may have some four pending. So you know that three seed can end up becoming even a, a, a two seed or maybe possibly even a one seed if if St. Michael's happens to drop a, one, a couple games. And I will say just with the rank one sports, it's really dependent on the, on the coaches. So their record may be higher than what it's, what's reporting just, you know, because some schools haven't reported uh, through there here. So just to give that also a heads up here, uh, district three, uh, or pardon me, um, division three, district five, uh, JP two, the boys, um, and, and, you know, are, you know, you know, going to qualify for the playoffs, um, looking at their non-district pl uh, play, they, you know, look like they struggled quite a bit, but obviously during the districts, um, they're seven and two. I know they're playing it as we speak here. Um, the atonement, uh, our lady of the hill Hawks and then the San Marcos Academy bears, um, all look in pretty good shape here with, uh, you know, for the playoffs. Although, you know, Holy Cross of SA uh, could also be, you know, be a sleeper uh, depending on what their other results are uh, along those lines here. Um, I, did, I did get a message as far as with the Division Two, uh, three boys, only the top four teams do advance. Only the top four. Playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah, St. Mary's Hall needs to <laughs> – hopefully they can – Sneak in and get that last spot. They, need to, they need to get some points. Yeah. That I saw on here. Um, and then let's see here for district, uh, uh, for, you know, the girls, uh, Division One, District 3, uh, the Lions uh, and Apaches uh, or the Antonian through there. Incarnate Word, it doesn't tell. Unfortunately, you know, you can see they're playing almost 500 overall, but unfortunately there's no district record, so it's hard to kind of see exactly where uh, they fall along those lines. Uh, for that here, moving on to uh, District 2, or pardon me, Division 2, District 3 girls, uh, St. Michael's Regents. Uh, to me, the surprise uh, is Geneva, and then, of course, uh, St. Mary's Hall, Um Pretty, I think pretty secure uh, over Hyde Park. Uh, for that, here your thoughts? Yeah. With yeah, they have the tiebreaker over Hyde Park because they got a win at home and then the the shootout win at Hyde Park. That was the game I I, I uh, did last week, so that kept, pretty much kept them, you know, in the pretty much on the hunt for the playoff spot. I think they probably already maybe have clinched it. So I, I think there are a couple of games pending for them. Because of cancellations, but I, I think I do see St. Mary's Hall getting. I think they're going to have that final spot. They're going to end up getting that four seed. And then if let me make sure I got the girls bracket here. Um, District two, hold on. District two. So District two, uh, three uh, would be, and if they finish fourth, they'd play the third place in in district five um, on the 24th to see, you know, to, to face the winner of the district three, um, which would be St. Most likely St. Michael's again uh, for that here. So uh, possible 
uh, playoff match uh, next Thursday for uh, St. Mary's uh, uh, along those lines here. Moving to District 3, uh, the girls, uh, you know, JP2, who we discussed tonight, Atonement, uh, New Braunfels Christian, um, and then either Holy Cross or San Marcos will make the, make the playoffs here. Um, you know, as we, as we said here, you know, JP2 is trying to get the 20th win, 8-0 in uh, district on senior night, which yeah, I believe that they'll get that. Um, I know they can't say that, but I'm pretty sure they will. Um, and like I said here, they're looking very good uh, heading in, into the playoffs. And the Atonement Academy, you know, for what's being reported here, has had a pretty successful season as well. You figure their only two losses are most likely to uh, JP2. And then that's switching over from fall soccer to spring soccer, out to the winter soccer. It's, it's, a, it's a testament for them as far as moving up and, and, and contending and getting to the playoffs this year. So looking at UIL on the uh, District 26 boys, uh, Bernie 5-0, Fredericksburg 4-1 in, in District. Uh, Davenport and Wimberley uh, are the top four teams at this point because the top four teams make the playoffs. Um, Bandera, I think, still on the outside looking in. And then Canyon Lake, I think, at least discussing with you earlier in the year, mm -hmm. um, I think you thought that they would be having a little bit better results um, than, than what's happened so far here. So thoughts uh, on District 26? It's like we anticipated Bernie was going to control that district. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, there are the defending 4 state champs, and I just don't see anybody really – like I said, maybe Fred, you know, I know Frederick's story has a loss with them, but, you know, you, know, you never know, like, you know, maybe they catch them on an off night, so – uh, but I just don't see anyone knocking Bernie out. But it's good to see Davenport, you know, get in there. Like I said, they uh, they had some some good quality wins. Uh, I think that fourth place final spot is going to come down to probably Bandera and Wimberley, um, unless unless Canyon Lake can make a run and knock off a couple of some of the top teams. You know, it's going to be you know it's going to be tough to get that fourth spot. But I think like I said on. Uh, when it's all said and done, it's probably going to come down to Bender and Wimberley for the fourth spot. 27 uh, on the boys, Lavernia, 4-0, uh, Pleasanton right behind, 4-1-1. Uh, Somerset's not that far off either, and uh, Hondo first year, 2-2 two two in district. So uh, right now would be in a, in a playoff spot, although Fox Tech is right on their heels. Yeah, this was, I think, like I said, Lavernia was going in as a favorite. Uh, they've been they've been steady all this season. They've been successful. Um, so Pleasanton, don't count them out. Like I said, they're only about a game behind. Uh, Somerset, I think you know, you know, we weren't too sure about what they were going to do, but they, like I said, they're they're in contention. The, the surprise has got to be Hondo. You know, being the uh, for, like I said, the first year program. You know, kudos to them. And uh, I know we went to see them out a few weeks ago. Um, if they can maintain and knock off, you know. You know, get some good, some quality wins, and you know, we could probably see them make the playoffs on their on their first year. You know, like I said, the the second round of the of the, of the district season is going to start pretty soon, so we'll we'll, we'll see how Honda does. But don't cut out Fox Tech. I, I think I think they'll bounce back, and I think they could sneak up and run. They could get that last last. You've been say, you've been saying they're a sleeper. They yeah. better start waking up. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm yeah, that, they're, 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 yeah, they're they're a very young team. There, um, there are a lot of there are a lot of sophomores and freshmen on that team. They're like I said, they are a sleeper team, and I think if they can get it together, uh, like I said, and get that you know get into the playoffs, you know they'll do well. But they're gonna like I said for next year, I think that's gonna probably be the team that's gonna contend against Lavernia. And it, so to me, it, it might because I think they play each each opponent twice, right? Uh, you yes. know, as far as further here, so that fourth slot and even third slot, you know, although you think Somerset's, you know, kind of a you know a different level up than Hondo and and Fox Tech, that Hondo Fox Tech, uh, you know, second match could be a could be a huge match to determine who makes the playoffs and and who who just misses out. Yeah, and that's. Like I said, that second round always kind of determines who, especially tiebreakers, and that's a, that's a big thing. Um, goal differential is also going to be a big thing. So if you can blow out, out blow out a team, you know, I know you know, people may not like running up the score, but, you know, goal differential could come into play as far as, you know, if the tiebreaker, you know, if they're tied on the head-to-head, so they have to go to goals. So, it's, like I said, I think it's, like I said, a lot of, I think that third and fourth slot is going to come down to the last few weeks. <laughs> Moving into for the 4A uh, District 26, Wimberley, uh, Fredericksburg, uh, Davenport, and Bernie, um, you know, on, on the Lady Greyhounds and Kenyon Lakes, you know, at a half a uh, half a game out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, per per se on there. Um, so you got kind of five battling for that sport uh, that four there. Um, Kind of surprised about Bernie being down where they're at, or yeah, you know, we had a lot of high expectations for them last year, and I know, like, that they got knocked off by Corpus Christi Carroll. And I was my mindset was for this season that they would bounce back and really take control of this district, but they've had some key losses in this game, and I don't know, maybe it's because of the injury bug or graduation, you know. Hopefully they'll get it together. Like I said, they're hanging on the thread on that fourth spot, you know, just ahead of Cannon Lake. But it, like I said, I think I think Bernie Graham, the, the Lady Greyhounds, will bounce back. Uh, but it's going to be tough to try to catch up to Wimberley and to get that top spot. Would you say this is a kind of a tougher district for Foray? So yeah, I'm not sure. Well, the girls, I think, have to look at the playoff to see who they match as of yet. But is it you know kind of a tough you know? You know, because there's other divisions, districts, probably other districts that we have where being fourth isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's yeah. an extremely tough, tough division. I think for region four, for this district, for girls soccer, I think this was probably the toughest one of all them all. You know, I mean, you have do have some quality teams, you know, you know, Wimberley is a quality team. So does Fredericksburg. We heard, heard, uh, heard good things about their team. Davenport's really, you know, come up. You know, like I said, Bernie's got that tradition. So, we know, I knew this was going to be like a dogfight, you know, but I really thought, you know, Bernie may really kind of take control of the district. But it's still, like I said, it's still early. Well, still we're, early at the mid, mid, we're, we're at the mid, not really early. It's, yeah. We're, we're going to find out real soon in the next couple of weeks of, yeah. of you know, will, will they be able to make the, make the next step? Yeah, I don't think the teams from 25-4A – to really match up well with some of these teams here. So I think because you could see the four seed knock off the number one seed on 25-5A. And that's the big – that's the question is just mm-hmm. the depth of, 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 of the of the districts. 
looking at uh, Region 4, uh, 4A, Region 4, District 27, uh, Uvalde, uh, Pleasanton. Lavernia has dropped a little bit on, 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 the, uh, uh, on the standings here in uh, SA Young Women's Leadership. Uh, hanging, hanging pretty strong uh, so far you know, in, in the district, uh, although looking at Somerset and, and Fox Tech, uh, and even I guess you could say Hondo, um, but I think it, you know, that four slot's going to come down to Somerset or SA Young Women's leadership at mm -hmm. this point. Yeah, Valle is pretty much taking control of this district, but I, I, I kind of knew that they would. I know they had had some good good players returning back. Pleasanton has also the tradition too. They've been a, one of the better four teams for girls soccer, so don't count them out as far as you know trying to, you know, beat Uvalde in that second round and maybe tie things up for the you know. And get a co-district championship with them. Um, Lavernia, I don't know, drop a couple. You know, they dropped to the top two teams, but I think I think in the end they'll end up getting third place. And then the, there's going to be a dog pain for that last playoff spot. I can see, um, you know, it's not just for like young women's leadership in Somerset. You know, don't count out Fox Tech or Hondo. Mm -hmm. I, I think whatever comes down to when they play against each other is going to determine that fourth spot. And then I hate to say this, you know, I could see tiebreakers coming in to, to a big factor here. And I hate saying this, but as you mentioned, the goal difference going against Poteet and, and limiting the goal difference against Uvalde and Pleasanton can make a huge difference as well yeah. on, on, who, on who finishes fourth in, in this district. Moving on to 5A, uh, we got districts 26, 27, and 28. So... District 26, uh, the big three, um, Dripping Springs, Alamo Heights, Bernie Champion, uh, fourth, uh, Canyon, and then uh, Buda Johnson and Kerrville Tyvee's, uh, you know, kind of hang, hanging in there, although, uh, you know, they've lost a little bit of steam on that. Uh, they're losing a little bit of distance on that fourth mm -hmm. slot. Yeah, we, we likely expected the big three are going to, you know, rise to the top, rise to the top, and but I, I knew that I think Dripper Springs is just a little bit different, class. like a, above all, they're just at another level, you know, just watching them play. And I really thought, like I said, when I went to watch them play against Burning Champion, I thought Burning Champion would really kind of give them a game, but you know, Dripper Springs, you know, they flex their muscle and uh, they shouldn't have no problem winning the district. Uh, the CD make him like I said. Uh, the CD is going to be important for that second and third seed, you know. And I'm sure Alamo Heights and Bernie Champion want to stay within that two seed because you know being the stay third, on the opposite side, right? Yeah, because on the if you look at District 25, 5A, you're you're talking about teams like Liberty Hill, Georgetown, uh, Georgetown East, uh, Georgetown Eastview, Cedar Park, which is another uh, a team that knocked off. You know, like Alamo Heights and so forth. So, you know, so it's going to be important getting that, seeing that two seed, and then that four seed. That's going to, I think, it's going to come down to Buta Johnson and and, and Canyon. So, I, I just don't see Kerrville Tyvee unless they can pull off some couple upsets and knock off Johnson and Canyon to kind of sneak in and get that last four spot. But I think it's going to come down to the uh, Canyon and Johnson at the very end. And I'll just keep uh, just let everybody know. Um, let's not forget upsets do happen. 
There was a big one last night where Austin Westlake beat the number one team in the state 3-0 over Lake Travis. So um, if you're not playing your best, it, it can happen here. Now, we all say Dripping Springs is on a different level, um, but uh, you know, they still got to show up and, and put the bootstraps on, and um, which I believe they will, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But uh, no, they, they come to play, in that, and that's something, like I said, with every team, you've got to have to come play no matter what. District 4, or pardon me, Region 4, District 27, uh, Jefferson, um, Edson, Edison, um, to me are the clear top teams, um, but 3, 4, 5, and, and I think you could even add 6 with the, the Lanier, um, mm -hmm. but I think for me, 3, 4, and 5, you know, Kennedy, Burbank, and Brackenridge, you've got three teams realistically battling out for two spots. I know Lanier's got an outside shot on it. Um, but to your thoughts kind of as we head to the second half of the season um, uh, on how this on how three three and four will be filled yeah Jefferson had a real tight game with Edison and they're able to take a hold of the district lead and I know last year well like I said there are the defending champs for district 27 I, I expect them to repeat again um, you know I think the next game or like I said that game versus Edison um, that's actually the last game of the season. You know, it could come down to if if they all run the table, um, Edison does have a legitimate shot to knocking off Jefferson and 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 you know have have co-champions for the district. And it may come down, like you mentioned, the goal differential on who gets the who gets the top seed. So, but like I guess I think because like Jefferson Edison should be the art. You know, should clinch playoff spots. Um, Kennedy, Burbank, Breckenridge, it's going to – who who's able to knock off each other in that second round and who can and who can get, you know, also the goals too. Is it almost like out of those three, who can win two? If you can, yeah. if you can win two, you're going to be fairly safe, you know. Um, yeah. Or if you go one and one, if you can get four points between the other, other point, uh, you know, between them, or do you think they – you think somebody, you know, if somebody gets the six, they'll well. If somebody gets the six, they're definitely in. No, <clears throat> but to me, it'll be interesting to see if, if they kind of split, you know, split between there. Yeah, if if one goes two and zero, oh, one goes one and one, basically you're going to go in, and the other team goes zero oh and two. Around from that three, look at that three teams there. Those three teams are they're basically out unless, like I said. They knock off Edison, or they knock off a Jeff, and get a call. Well, to me, you don't even have to knock them off. If you get end in a tie and pick up a yeah. pivotal point from there, and that um, that will help, that would help too. And that, and you know, and so, like I said, you know, stealing points is going to be the big thing here in the second round. How many, you know, what, how many more you can get compared to the other? So looking at twenty eight, uh, you got Southwest. Uh, seven and zero, Medina Valley uh, making a jump up six and one, Southwest Le uh, Southwest Legacy at five and two, um, and then McCollum Floresville uh, through there, Harlandales, they're not getting the wins but they're getting the ties, um, so you know they're still even though you know they have you know zero wins in district they do have the three ties, um, Southside I wouldn't rule out either because they've got you know two ties as well. Um, but if Harlandale or Southside can turn some of those ties into wins, 
um, you could see them kind of creep back into this race, uh, you know, against McCollum. Yeah. Um, Southwest, like I said, they 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 should win the district title, but Medina Valley's had a real resurgence. You know, they've played well, and who's to say on that set when they meet up again? And if the game is at Medina Valley, you know, if they, they could not, you know, if they can knock off Southwest, you know, maybe they end up having a share of that district title. Uh, Legacy, I think, like I said, the only two losses for the top two teams. I th- I think they'll go ahead. They'll end up clinching the third spot and uh and that final spot i think i'm gonna give the edge i think to mccollum they've played a lot better than forzo so mm-hmm. i think mccollum's gonna end up getting that fourth spot um you know f- you know f- to get into the playoffs um, this coming year moving to 26 boys uh uh 26 dripping springs alamo heights uh uh Top two clear, uh, top two clear, and who gets you know three, four, all the way down. You could even include uh, Veterans Memorial. Really, only Seguin's out. You know, as far as there, I know Veterans Memorial's a couple of games behind, but you know, with the start of the start of the second half, if they can get hot, um, they could make a run. But I think mm-hmm. you'd probably have to say. Uh, Lehman and, and Canyon are still there, or you think Bernie Champion can climb back up? Yeah. Um, as far as the district title goes, uh, I see district no one challenging different springs. Dripping springs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, unless Alamo Heights would have to really get them on a bad night. I, I think the second, the second, I think the the second round Alamo Heights. I think they do play Dripping Springs at Alamo Heights. So who's to say, you know, maybe they can be able to get that. But even if they get off. that, they'd still, you know, they're already a game and a half behind. Yeah. Because of the, but of you got to remember, Layman, Layman, count out Layman, they could get a tie. You know, you know, you, you, it's starting off hot doesn't guarantee, you know, how, you know, it's how you finish. But I'm crowning Dripping Springs. Sorry. Yeah. I'm crowning well, Dripping Springs. I'm kind of sort of crowning <laughs> a little bit, but, but you never know. Like I said, Alma Heights, you know, they, they get them at home and, you know, and they not, not get, a, get a win because it's it's fair game, you know. And then maybe that'll put some pressure on, you know, and that and sometimes when you have that pressure and not to make mistakes, you know, may help, you know, may cause you to play bad. But uh, as far as the, that four spot, well, the three or four spots could be battled by about you because you mentioned about five teams. Um, I, I think Canyon's going to end up getting into the playoffs. Um, Kyle, you know, because like Kyle Lehman, you know, who's this? not too sure about them. Maybe Kerrville, Kerrville Tyvee makes a run. You know, they're within striking distance. You know, don't count on Johnson too. My biggest, my biggest disappointment has been the Bernie Champion boys. Mm-hmm. I, I expected them to be top three in this district, and they've not have not played well. Like I said, we don't know if it's injuries, you know, or it's a young well, team. The situation is, yeah, yeah, the situation there. But you know, I really thought they would make a be up there in the at least the top in the top four, you know, to get into the playoffs this year. So moving to twenty seven. Lanier, oh, hold on, Went too far here. Uh, 27 Lanier, uh, first Brackenridge, uh, six and two. Uh, last week's guest, uh, Sam Houston, uh, had a pretty successful uh, week. Uh, they're five and three. Burbank, Edis- uh, Edison, 
Memorial, and then it kind of drops off there. So uh, to me, once again, you know, I think Lanier and, and Brackenridge, from my understanding, had a very close, very competitive game. Um, I think Sam Houston's starting to turn it on, as, as we discussed uh, with the coach last week, that there is there's some talent on there. So, you know, um, I think they're pretty safe. Um, but, you know, that four spot, Burbank, Edison, Memorial, uh, it, to me, it's another one of those, you know, flip a coin, you know, to see who gets in. Yeah. Um, I think the the district title is going to come down to that game between Lanier and Brackenridge in round two. In round two. It, it was a close one. Lanier was able to, to knock off Brackenridge, but then Lanier had a little setback and, <laughs> and that, that it opened and that kept kept uh, Brackenridge alive, you know. Instead of having a two game lead, you know, they only have that one game lead, so it opened the door for Brackenridge to hope maybe get a chance and get that district, you know, get a share of the district title. Uh, but it also opened up the door for Sam Houston, you know, if they can run the table and knock off Lanier and and Brackenridge, they could literally get in. Mm-hmm. You know, we could all, we could see a three team tie for first place, and and that's a pos- just a possibility, you know kind of looking at the at the standings but it also there's a you know you have four teams like memorial and edison they could also end up being in the three seed you know because they're only a game behind so it's going to come down to like i said to, to the second round like i said whoever's the healthiest and whoever has the best talent that's going to determine where, where you're going to end up in this as far as within the playoffs of the first the first four seasons of the playoffs 28 uh southwest class uh, just you know you know, just you know you can already put a star with them next to number one uh southwest legacy uh, medina valley's uh once again stepped up uh and then harlandale el paso uh or not el paso uh eagle pass cc win um hanging tough just outside the playoffs there your hometown or not near your hometown because you're del rio um, but in that area um and then you know Southside McCollum and Floresville kind of rounding it out, but to me I'm, I'm more interested in kind of that three four between Harlandale and, and uh, CNC win. Yeah, I, I think that's going to come down to those three teams. I, I think I think Megadena Valley is going to end up kind of pulling away a little bit. Like I guess you know and maybe challenging that second seed with Southwest Legacy. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. If we'll fight when they play against each other. We'll if. Medina Valley can knock on Legacy. They can slip in and get that second seed, which is which will be beneficial for them. Um, like I said, I think that last four seed is going to come down to you either by CC Win or Harlandale, uh, where when they when they meet up again. Like I said, they're only you know, CC Win's only a half game behind them, so so those 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 last two playoff spots are going to come down to to a lot of the heads heads coming up in the second round of the of the district play. Moving to 6A, Smithson Valley, your number one team, I believe, if memory serves me correct. Uh, well, the girls, uh, not the boys. That's girls. Okay, that's right. Um, then you got Shirts, New Braunfels, Cibolo Steel, uh, East Central, Wagner, Converse. To me, this is a really top heavy with Smithson Valley and, and, and Shirts Clemens. Mm-hmm. Even New Braunfels, I don't, you know, just looking at the standings and looking at the record, you know, none of these teams exactly breed confidence right now, as far as if you're looking at the overall records of, you know, if you're Wagner, you know, in six right now, 
you, you know, you still have a real, realistic shot of, of getting up to number four now. I will give credit where credit is due. Nebronville uh, has has stepped up in in district play with four wins. Um, you know, especially compared to their outer outer district uh, play here. So, your thoughts on on twenty seven on district twenty seven? Well, this is important for like a Smithson Valley to to stay in position, then that end up playing that that four seed with the next district, but that might even make a difference because that four seed from twenty eight could also knock them <laughs> off. But but like I say, you got to give it to Smithson Valley ever since that that one bad loss they had with Reagan, they've they peeled off I think four I think fifteen games in a row. And so you gotta give credit to them. So they're they're I think they probably learned from that game and now, you know, maybe if they meet up again, that'd be a different it could be a different, you know, situation. But I, I think Swinson Valley should win this district. Clemens did give them a game, but you know, even Clemens, like I said, the the rebuilding from last year's awesome team that they had. Um, they had some tough you know, games, you know, but they did beat Rock Crawl Heath. So that was a good win for them. So, you know, don't count them out. The last two spots in the playoffs, um, East Central could still get a, I think, have a chance. Uh, they did lose to Smithson Valley, but just by the slimmest of margins, 1 0. So they, so you can't be overconfident with them. And if, it's, if East Central can kind of get a little winning streak, you know, knock off. You know the, the teams below them, and be able to sneak out, sneak sneak some wins against New Braunfels and Steel. They could end up getting that third or fourth slot. But I think at the end, I think the, what we have right now is we're probably going to be in be in our four teams in the playoffs. So here's a question for you. And like I said here, obviously you have a closer ear to the situation than I do. When I see Converse Judson where they're at in the standings. To me, that doesn't match with where they where they're at in other sports. Is there a reason why do they struggle? You know, you know, in soccer, you know, you know, with your experience or, or knowledge, you know, what what to me, I would have thought. You know, I'm not saying Judson has to win win the title every year, mm-hmm. but I don't see them toward the standings. You know, like they are. I think a lot has to do with players you have. And I remember in the when I coached, uh, Judson actually had some really good teams. Mm-hmm. I remember one year that they were they did some damage in the playoffs, and I know they had one a couple good forwards that really were the tops in the in that for, for that you know for the city. And this just comes down to you know just what talent you have there, how you develop it, and also the interest as far as the numbers. Of players that you have, you know, being a football school, you know, maybe let where kids are tent, you know, hey, I, I rather play football than maybe soccer, you know, mm-hmm. and that's happened, you know, that happens sometimes. So, you know, but it, it's 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 really like I said the programs, it can be a crapshoot sometimes too. Like what you know what you're gonna have, you know, and I'm sure they have athletes. Maybe the maybe some of those football athletes. There's talent on the northeast side. Yeah. There's, there's talent in that converse area. Um, it's just to me, it's and like I said, it, it may be that they're young or you know along those lines here, but it, it's it's just one of those things that kind of sticks sticks out to me that for for a high school that typically in most sports has has great success, 
you know, to see them, you know, kind of struggling. And I don't remember last year that they had much success either, if memory serves me right here. So that's that's the reason why I just kind of asked that question, um, because I believe the talent's there. It's just whether it's being utilized or if it's, you know, being, you know, filtered off to, to other schools. Because I know in the, you know, with, with the local club club teams around here, the club teams on the northeast side typically tend to be very successful. So, yeah, and like with Judson, I mean, maybe the talent's going to to a different sport. Yeah, they're all playing football or bat or basketball. So, I mean, there's other teams too, like that are good. Maybe like a, like good at baseball or, mm-hmm. or they have a, a specific sport that they're good at, and maybe that's a lot of the talent kind of gets attracted to that to that sport. So moving to the group of death, uh, District 28, uh, Reagan, Lee, Tops, Johnson, Brandeis, I think are in that second tier. And then there's, to me, there's another gap of Churchill, Madison, Roosevelt, MacArthur, and, and unfortunately Clark's uh, bringing up the bottom on here. But um, the top four are all heavyweights, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for that here. Do you see Churchill or Madison climbing back into the race, or you know, you think the top four is going to be kind of set? I think it's going to be set. Uh, I, I just don't see unless my hopes was Churchill. Like I said, they start. Churchill had a really good record going into mm-hmm. to district play, and they've really kind of sputtered, you know, in the first round of the of the of the district play. And we'll see if they can get it together and maybe challenge Brandeis. It's it's gonna they're gonna have to you know really really they're gonna have to knock off Brandeis and Johnson just to get into contention, you know to get at that four spot. As far as the top spot, like I said, I think it's gonna come down to Reagan and Lee. You know those two are kind of pretty much have kind of separated themselves from Johnson and, and even though there was Brandeis has tied them, you know, but like I said, going to that uh, the Ian's Cup. You know, Reagan put on a show against Johnson. They flat, you know, took him to the woodshed, you know, as far as just the play and the press that they did. And it was an impressive win. But hopefully maybe Johnson does, re, you know, learn from that and maybe they will turn, return the favor on them in that second round. So, but I think I think more than likely, I think those are the four teams you're going to see representing a 20, 28-6A. Um, but I think for district title-wise, that game between that rematch between Reagan and Lee is going is going to that's probably going to determine who wins the district title. Now if they tie again, <laughs> we'll see. Goal differential may come to, into play. So, and like I said, you're going to probably going to have to run up the score. You know, maybe you don't want to, you know, because you want to show some class. But hey, when you were going for a district title, you're probably going to have to you're going to have to do it. So no matter what. If I heard you right, district in playoffs, district twenty-seven matches up versus twenty-eight, right? So, so we would have we would have uh, Smithson Valley play Brandeis. That would be a good game, that right? But to, game. to me, my question is: is if you finish one or two or even th- three, I think you'd be still be considered favorites going against the twenty-seven schools, right? Yeah. So seating on here at least early doesn't necessarily whether you finish first or second outside of, of, of saying hey we're district champs mm-hmm. 
probably not a huge difference until you get later on and then you get more of the valley schools to see where they filter out on the bracket is that correct yeah or we're here for this one to be the austin schools because the austin schools pardon me. and the ron rock schools so like for frigus as like say we could have a first round between swinson valley and brandeis that'll be a great game uh johnson versus clemens um i would give the edge to johnson on that one against clemens even though clemens has bounced back I think Johnson's just, I think they're just in a little tougher district, you know, you know, but that's also going to, that could, that can go either way. But I think John, actually Johnson's has but, played. But then that the next issue is if you start playing, you know, the West Lakes or the Lake Travis's, that's, that's going to, that's be the, where coming into finishing first makes, makes a huge difference. Well, even play. finishing first, you know, you could end up playing like last year, Lee in that second round game ended up playing against a uh, Vandergraft. Yeah, so, which was I think they were the third seed for that uh, for that that district with Lake Travis and and I believe Lake Travis and and Westlake or no they're in that Ron Rock district that Ron Rock district you know with Leander and so forth so and I know I know the top right now the top teams for the that twenty five has, has been Westwood Stony Point McNeil and Vandegrift so you know that's those four districts pretty much like i say 25 26 26 28 it's basically the group of death when it comes to the playoffs <laughs> so if you have you know and and you know i think the advantage that you know the uh, the 29 i think 296 has the advantage because right they avoid all that you know all those teams end up beating up on each other and and that's why you know looking like if you look at harlan harlan has I'm not saying the easier path, but I think they have a. a oh, it a, is an easier path. It, it is. You're not facing the Austin schools. It's a, it's, a, it's a winnable path, you know. You know, but you still have you still gonna have to worry about. You know, I know the first round they play the Laredo teams, and the way that just kind of the district stands, like you know Marshall against Alexander or LBJ or United. I'm gonna go with with the Laredo schools. The same thing with same thing, same thing with Stevens. I think they only. I think the two te- I think the two teams that maybe will give problems that shouldn't have a problem with the Laredo teams will be Harlan and O'Connor. And then once you get to the Valley, the Valley's still kind of down this year. I saw hard as they can play. They they struggled with Churchill. Uh, the Brownsville like Brownsville Rivera's in danger of not making the playoffs. Hannah's barely hanging on the mm-hmm. thread, and Los Fresnos is I think they're leading in that in that district. So. Like I said, Harlan and O'Connor, you know, going into the to going into the playoffs, they may end up going. You could see both of them in that regional sem in the regional semifinal. You know, so we could see three or four teams represent, or even four. You know, we can have four San Antonio teams represent the regional final. You know, if 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 Reagan, like I said, Reagan Johnson or Swinson Valley or or Lee knock off those Austin area teams. But you know, coming here with District mm-hmm. Twenty Nine Six A, like I said, uh, Harlan's going to win this district. Uh, O'Connor. Well, I won't say they're going to win it because O'Connor has a shot. Well, Harlan uh, took but, care of O'Connor. <laughs> right, but they're on the rematch though. But yeah. those are the two cl- class teams on here. To me, yeah. my discussion is three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. You could flip a coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's that close and. Oh, and, and I know Taft is is on on the outside, I agree so. but 
to me, when you've got what six teams right there out, out of the nine that are what a game and a half ish, mm-hmm. you know, two games in this this second half of, of the North Side District Twenty Nine is going to be wild. It's it's you know you being able to event. go ahead go ahead go, go ahead as like to me you know. It's better to get ties than losses, obviously, but I think that's gonna that's gonna be the key is if you can maximize your wins, but if you can, you know, as you mentioned, steal those points where maybe you're not playing your best, um, but you walk away, you know, you split the points, you know, get one and one. I, I think that's gonna be a huge determining factor on, on who gets three and four. I, I think the big thing is the second round is going to be an, a, basically your elimination tournament. You know, if if you can knock – Stevens can knock off Tav, basically you eliminate them from the playoffs. Um, so the, the, I think the mindset for those teams like Stevens, Marshall, Brennan, Holmes, and Jay Warren, you know, we have to – we're going to have to win games. You know, scratch off O'Connor, scratch off Harlan, like I said – you know, unless you can steal a point, which would be great. You know that that's that'll help getting a tie. But uh, then you need to take care of business from the wherever the teams are in the middle of the pack. You need to start eliminating them, and that way you can start separating yourself. And especially if they have the tiebreaker over you in the first round, you know you definitely have to beat them in the in the second round because they came. It may come down to that that head to head at the at the you know towards the final towards that final game. So I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no, the ladies. Oh, the ladies, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Can't forget <laughs> about we're that. At, we're at the end, District Twenty Nine. Oh wait, we got the ladies to do on on Six A. Uh, so Smithson Valley, uh, New Braunfels, Cibolo, and Shirts uh, rounding out the uh, top four. Uh, Judson and uh, East Central, kind of outside shot here, but I think this is another one where the top four is kind of set. Just a matter of the seating, um, really two through four. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think anybody's getting by uh, Smithson Valley. Yeah, Smithson Valley's been on a roll, and like I said, they're my top team for you know for the for my power fifteen. Uh, they're mm-hmm. a team to look out for, and I, I think I think they do match up well with. With the teams from 28-6A, you know, I think they can compete with them. And I think, they also, and like I said, they also can compete. They did knock off Austin-Westlake, so they definitely can compete with the with the Austin area schools. So don't, they'll probably be one of my contenders going into the, you know, to getting to that regional tournament. But in the, I guess, in the Braunfels, Cibolo, and Clemens, I think the, those will they'll probably be, you're, you know, they're all within the game each other, so you know the seeding could play a big difference on how they, when they match up against each other. So we we could see different students towards the end. Moving to twenty eight, uh, Clark Johnson, Reagan Brandeis, and then you got Madison and Lee. Uh, that that's kind of on the edge at this point here, but this is another one where I think I think. I think Clark and Johnson and I guess Reagan have kind of separated themselves. And mm-hmm. then you know, there's really three teams kind of battling for that last last spot, which I think is what you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, any shockers on, you know, I think Clark snuck in, uh, I think from your early, early mm-hmm. season records. Um, how do you see that fourth spot uh, being, you know, oh. you know, ending up? 
Don't knock, don't count out Madison. I, I, they got a, a good team. Um, and Lee, same thing with Lee. Don't count them out. They're within striking distance uh, um, to see if they can knock off Brandeis, and it's going to make things very interesting. Um, I think I think Reagan's kind of Reagan Johnson and Clark's kind of, you know, even though you can see that Brandeis is a one game behind Johnson, and and like I said, we. Brandeis is another good team, so maybe they can also sneak up and knock off Reagan and Johnson in round two. So it's it's like I said, it's going to come down to as far as Clark. I think Clark's pretty much clinched their play, their ticket to the playoffs, but from two to six, it, it's still competitive, and you know it will, there could be some teams that end up not making that. You know, Reagan and Brandeis still have a shot at not making the playoffs. Or even Johnson too, if Lee and Madison can get it, get it together, make a run in the second half. So, so it's going to be. I think there's two teams that that if they were in any other district, you know, 27 or 29, most likely they would be a playoff team. Is that yeah? No, like I said, I think in any some other districts, like I said, like Madison Lee will be in the playoffs. but this is, like I said, this is one of the most the districts is one of the toughest girls districts. This is very stacked. You know, you have your six teams deep. You know, it's going to be a shame two of them are not going to make it in, um, which would which probably would make it in in, 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 other, in another district. So right, twenty seven or twenty nine, yeah. they would most likely make it in. I think so. That this is going to come down, like I said, who knocks off who, and if. Lee and Madison can knock off Johnson and Reagan and get a little hot streak. You know who's to say that they don't knock and get sneak in and get that third and fourth spot or maybe even the second spot. Moving to twenty nine, District twenty nine. Uh, Brennan, uh, O'Connor, Taft. Uh, I think the three Claire and then you know Stevens, Harlan. Um, I think you're fighting for that fourth spot. And then, you know, Jay, Warren, and Holmes, and Marshall, unfortunately, outside shots. Mm. Um, I guess John Jay would be the one that you'd say um, closest there. But I think, you know, it, to me, that, that second match between Stevens and Harlan, uh, I think, determines who that fourth slot is. Yeah. And how, how deja vu is this? Remember from last year that we had Brandon O'Connor Taff at the top three within striking distance, and it came down to the very last game to determine a district champ. And like I said, they're all within a game, a game and a half with each other. Um, it, this is uh, for Brennan. It's their district title to lose. You know, if they can knock off O'Connor and and Taft, they'll, they'll be district champs. Um, same thing with O'Connor, except they can knock off Brandon and Taft because like, so they'll win the district champs and vice versa with, with Taft. So it's going to come down to that. As far as the fourth spot, like you mentioned, it's, it's going to be either Stevens and Harlan to get that fourth spot. And that and they'll play more likely, like I said, they play against the Laredo teams. And I think I don't think any of the Laredo teams can beat, uh, and that includes Del Rio, I don't think they can compete with any of the, of the, of the, four, te- of the four teams that they have here. Or even Har- with the five teams with Harlan, I think they can they can make a clean sweep in the in the playoffs. And guess who plays this weekend? Stevens and Harlan's plays Saturday at twelve o'clock. So that's to be a good one. That could determine that last <laughs> playoff spot. And um, 
and I, I don't know who won the first. I'm sure probably Stevens probably won round one, and if Harlan is if Harlan can win this. I get there will be I take a little half a game lead and uh, actually to, uh, Harlan beat Stevens well, the first round. Uh, first round four three. So Stevens definitely definitely needs to win this one, but to at least get the, to tie things up a bit as far as face head to head. But you know Harlan, like I said, they're a half game behind. They need to make a make a pull. You know, get a get this one to kind of leapfrog them, and they'll have that tiebreaker over Stevens if it comes down to the you know, the final the final the final game. Yeah, so to me that's that that was that's a huge game that that kind of caught my eye coming up here um, this weekend. Um, and like I said, I'd have to check the Northside uh, athletic schedule just to confirm the time. But uh, Saturday, that that's you know if if you're you know in the Northside area here, that that would be one that um, might might be a, a must watch. Uh, yeah see which one goes through because they're two quality you know two quality programs um two rivals as well uh yeah. schools so so i think that's it uh yeah Lori. uh, uh Lori lee mentioned it is at at at, at uh noon um owner that's time. at gustafson or at or at ferris i'll tell you here hold on one second here So I think AJ's got oh, AJ's got a, a match, so I won't be able to go. Da, 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 da. So here, it's at Ferris. Ferris. So not too far away from my I'm at. <laughs> so you may see a, an appearance from me there. <laughs> <laughs> AJ has a uh, a uh, a match back in Austin. Uh, I didn't tell you our uh, our uh, Austin trip this past week, did I? No. Oh. So we we went up to Austin, and we got there. It started the hailing, sleeting, whatever you want to call it, frozen rain. Instead of waiting, you know, we looked at the weather. It said, hey, you know, it should pass by 145 because uh, our game started at 1. So instead of waiting, they decided to kick off. And about 10 minutes, 15 minutes in, there was a lightning strike. And of course, by that point, the field's almost white because it kept sleeting and hailing. So they ended up calling the game. And by the time we got back to, to San Antonio, it was all nice and sunny. And <laughs> I was like, oh, but, you know, AJ was, you know, they were kind of excited because, you know, as you're going one way, you're all like this because of the, the sleet <laughs> coming at you. <laughs> but, you know, they, they had a I've been in one of those games. I think I was at, we were at Ratliff Stadium in Odessa. We played Amarillo High. It was sleeting, but we had a 50-mile-per-hour wind, and mm -hmm. that ice was actually cutting yeah. you. Oh. And that was the worst. That was probably one of the worst games. And we, I told, you know, being an assistant varsity coach, and I told our head coach, you, you think next year we can go to the Valley or Corpus for a tournament because we're tired of coming here, coming here to West Texas in the, in the cold. I was surprised they played it, though. To, to me, I was, I was surprised yeah. – and I understand, you know, when you're talking about clubs, you know, they mm -hmm. typically line the schedule. So it might, you know, for me as a parent, you know, been like, hey, just push it back 30 minutes. But if you're pushing this game back 30 minutes, if they have games after that, then that's also impacting them. So 
Um, hindsight, uh, I kind of understand it. I remember, as a parent. I, yeah. yeah, I remember um, I was on that field north, that northeast metropolitan field. I don't know if you've ever been there. We had uh, we my last, well, my second to last year coaching club. We had a a three hour rain delay, and we would go back about to play. Boom, another lightning strike. Oh, we got to come off the field, so we had to wait a good three hours just to play play that game. So yeah. So I know you're uh, in, uh, in you know in um, Laredo, and so I've got one final question. Then we'll let you out because we went a little bit longer than what we yeah. what we should. Uh, Cody Rhodes going to possibly to WWE. Uh, your thoughts on that? I know you're a big uh, AEW fan, and and he was one of the pillars, right, of yeah, AEW. Executive vice president. Yeah. Um, listening to, but I think to bust it open this morning, it, they had a lot to say. I think, could this be a sham? Could they be like, you know, he didn't reach a contract with the being an executive, but is he going to come back and do like a, a Hulk Hogan, 1996 bash at the beach, a heel turn, you know, the new version of the NWO that, from where, everybody I've heard says that uh, WWE gave gave them, because it's a package deal, both him and, and, and his wife, uh, Brandy Rhodes, uh, an offer that they just couldn't turn down. Refused. So. And that's, that's wondering how that's going to affect their, their show, because they do have a, a, a reality reality show, and then I don't know he has that, that other show, that game show, that Go Big show. We'll see how that happens, unless they're going to do the reality show on Peacock, which is a possibility they're going to put that. My, my thing was I, I think he was going to try to buy Ring of Honor and really take control of that and kind of put his his stamp of approval on that. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I think it, it, it's a, it's a loss for AEW, but I think they'll be they'll be fine. I think they still have Kenny Omega. So. I just it, to me it's 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 entertainment. Mm -hmm. But it's it's almost got to the point where there's so much crossover now. Is it really that much difference? And yeah, they're supposed to. Come, I think they're coming. What Austin and San Antonio? I think in March. Yeah, I was looking forward to getting my little Funko Pop side with Cody. But <laughs> that's not gonna happen. <laughs> well, the good news is WWE does love San Antonio, so yeah. whenever they make the Texas trip, uh, they'll be there. But and then the other news, the SAFC jersey, the little sneak peek. Sneak peek on Friday. Uh, what is bothering me, though, I won't lie to you, and um, there hasn't been any player announcements in 10 days. <laughs> we're, not, we're not RGV. Come on, we're not used to. Need some defense. <laughs> need some defense, although there was an Instagram post that uh, – had some interesting travel plans, possibly, uh, which I think uh, we'll be very excited. Um, I, you know, I did get the email from the new social media guy today, so um, hopefully it's uh, not to El Paso, or hopefully it's not to Austin or Dallas. Well, no, he he, he had San Antonio on 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 on, on, the, on map. the map, so uh, for that here. But uh, the new social media, uh, Mr. Kevin Bass. Um, officially is in San Antonio this afternoon. He sent out a introductory email 
uh, to that from the, you know from SAFC communications team. Uh, so I know I'm you know, looking forward to uh, working with him. Um, you know, listening to 1868 Weekly, uh, Bradley and John, um, who used to run that or were part of that. I guess I shouldn't say used to run because there was also um, a third, uh, uh, Matt Rafferty, um, that was also a huge part of the show. Uh, both say he's a great guy, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some discussions with James Hope, um, you know, with the Crocketeers. Um, 210 Alliance here, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but Mission City, there hasn't been a lot of communication from anybody, um, you know, for that here. So, you know, is trying to discuss about possibly, you know, setting up, um, you know, a supporter show here as we get closer to the season. Um, but, it, you know, it sounds like the Crocketeers and 210s are, are the supporters groups at this point. Should be a fun uh, show. Uh, for that, if, if we can line something up and, and we're talking, you know, some other things. Uh, with James here. Um, since we didn't do a show, uh, SAFC did play, well, went to Dallas. Uh, they lost, what, 6-0, I think it was, 5-0, 35 minutes in. Uh, listening, you know, uh, you know, reading the uh, tweets from uh, Third Degree um, and, and talking to him, they were just at different levels. You know, San Antonio had been in camp a week uh, along those lines. Uh, for you know, uh, for that here, maybe 10 days at most, and, and then you know, some of those days you had um, um, the the frozen rain and, and snow and freeze, so most likely they didn't get a lot of training on there. Uh, plus, let's be honest, you know, we, we got a core, but the back line's still very new, the midfield's new, the forwards are, are relatively the same, but um, we don't know the arrangements on which they have it, and uh. On Sunday, uh, if you guys can tune in, uh, we're going to have a special guest, uh, John from USL Tactics, because uh, he, he he is not very friendly uh, right now with uh, San Antonio's line, lineups on the analytics side. And to be honest, with, San Antonio has lost a lot, you know, with Jose and Epps and, and others that, that are gone. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see Royce and him and you talk tactics and analytics. Along, along those lines here. There's a Jose Mania going on in Denmark right now. He's been, yeah. he's been on Instagram, and uh, he's probably driving all the Danish ladies crazy over there. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say for those that are interested in it, we are trying to see, work with some uh, – uh, Royce is kind of taking the lead on this here. I don't know whether by choice or not by choice. Uh, you know, if we wanted to get a Jose jersey kit or, or scarf, uh, right now, the club doesn't ship to uh, the United States here, uh, so there are a couple options. But you know, they are looking to see if the team can open up the shipping to the United States. Uh, since you know, I, you know, I know quite a few people here in San Antonio would probably be very interested in in some sort of uh, um, uh, Jose gear with, with his new club in Denmark, but. Uh, if not, we might have some other arrangements to where, uh, you know, Max is over in Germany. Uh, maybe if we can, um, you know, piece together, you know, order, can ship to him, and then he can ship it to uh, stateside. Of course, you know, we'd have to compensate Max, you know, for you know for the shipping and stuff uh, for that here. But uh, any final thoughts that you have here? You know, I gave like 15 final thoughts here uh, for that here, but I did want to kind of touch base, you know, since we didn't have a show on, on Tuesday. And yes, uh, James, uh, I think FC Dallas is going to be a playoff team here. Just, you know, they've started spending some money and, and 
everybody forgets last year they were a going into the season they were thought of as a playoff team and then they, you know they just they had a poor season they, you know uh, for that year so they even have Pepe. i don't know how they cannot make the playoffs but my, my final thought like i said um like i said just you know looking forward to this you know a lot of the second round of the district play for the uil soccer so hopefully i'll get to see some games out there and i know i know i'm doing a lot of traveling i'm coming back to laredo, laredo again in a couple of weeks um maybe maybe i'll live stream one of those like a special game they're here we'll see uh, but my final thought, like I said, if you have a chance, hey, go check out some great soccer, whether it's TAPS or UIL, go cheer, cheer on them. We had some great talent, like I mentioned, like we had the JP2's um, the girls soccer team. They're gunning for another state title, and hopefully they can, like I said, they can pull things through and, and, and bring it back to, back to the area and just give that support to their because – uh, these, these these players do uh, deserve it. Even the coaches too. They deserve all the support that we have for you know to promote the soccer here in our in our town. And I do think that we are going to try to do a bracketology for Taps next week. So we may not have a guest on. I don't think we have a guest scheduled at this point. We can find um, one. We'll see. <laughs> we can hey, find one. But watching, if you, hey, contact us if there's any coaches. Contact us. You know. We love to have you. You know, we love talking to different coaches from different areas, you know, from different parts of San Antonio, because everyone has a different perspective when it comes to to high school soccer. And we love to hear, you know, your 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 backstory. Yeah, and, and like I said, here, if you want to come on, we're you know we're obviously, you know, we ask the hard hitting questions of you know, especially Rafa. Hey, you know, do you think you're going to win it all? So, <laughs> but. Uh, do want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, want to thank uh, John Paul, uh, the, uh, the second, uh, the Guardians there uh, for allowing Coach O'Berman and Madeline and Emily uh, both coming on and, and want to wish Emily much success. Um, number one for the play playoffs this year, but uh, uh, you know, getting a scholarship next, uh, you know, just, you know, playing uh, at the University of Texas at Tyler um, for that right here, and also Madeline, obviously. You know, she's a two-time All-State. You know, you know, she's got grades that I could only dream of. Her future is very bright. You know, no matter if it's whether soccer or you know going into the academic world uh, for the here. But uh, thank you, two young ladies. Like I said, it was an awesome conversation with the two of you, Coach O'Gorman. We're going to definitely have to have you on again here. Just uh, like I said here, I have a feeling you have some soccer stories that uh, would would be fun to share uh, from your time over in Ireland and you know just kind of the differences between. Uh, soccer over there compared to soccer over here uh, for that here. But uh, Rafa, safe travels back. I know uh, you're still on the road this week, and I think you'll be back in a couple of days. Um, yeah, I know there's an SAFC friendly this weekend, but it's closed, so we'll we'll give you what information we can. Hopefully, there'll be some player announcements. Hopefully, some you know some cool stuff from Mr. Bass. And Preston, you know, like I said here, thank you for uh, what all you've done, you know, for working with us here and uh, turning over the keys to Kevin. Uh, what's life without goals? We're out of here. Peace.